Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with crying out for the living God as we pick up in Psalm chapter 84, verse 1. And now with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. How amiable are thy tabernacles, O Lord of hosts. My soul longs, even faints, for the courts of the Lord. My heart and my flesh cry out for the living God. Jesus said, Blessed are they which do hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. What a beautiful expression this is of the psalmist. My heart, my flesh, cries out for the living God. Dr. Henry Drummond in his book, The Natural and the Supernatural, says there is within the very protoplasm of man little tentacles that are reaching out for God. My heart, my flesh, crying out for thee, O Lord. And then he said, Yea, the sparrow hath found a house, and the swallow a nest for herself, where she may lay her young, even thine altars, O Lord, of hosts, my King and my God. Blessed are they that dwell in thy house. They will be still praising thee. So he had noticed that the swallows had returned to Capistrano and made their nest in the house of God, and he is excited over this. No, they're in the tabernacles. They didn't first come to San Juan. They came to the tabernacle, and they're in the altars of God. They made their little uh, nest to lay their young. We don't have swallows, thankfully, around here because they are dirty. (laughs) But we do have sparrows that make their nest in the eaves over here. And every time I walk past and I hear little sparrows and I see them going up in the eaves and all and carrying grass up in there. And and I think of this particular psalm of David, how that the birds, the sparrows have made their nest and all. They're, you know, at your altar. Oh, how blessed it is to be there in the place where praises are going up to God continually. How blessed it is to dwell in, in the tabernacle and the sanctuary of the Lord and just a place where praises are being offered. Blessed is the man whose strength is in thee. Now, the word blessed is happy. Happy is the man whose strength is in the Lord. The man who has learned to draw his strength from the Lord, in whose hearts are the ways of them, who through passing through the valley of Baca make it a well, and the rain also fills the pools. The valley of Baca is a phrase that we don't quite understand. It would would appear to be sort of a dry place, who even when he passes through dry places, it becomes a well. And the rain fills the pools. They go from strength to strength. Every one of them that appeareth before the Lord in Zion. O Lord God of hosts, hear my prayer. Give ear, O God of Jacob. Then the final thought, behold, O God, our shield. 
and look upon the face of your anointed. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand anywhere else. I had rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than to dwell in the tents of wickedness. Moses chose rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season. A day in thy courts is better than a thousand any place else. I'd rather be a doorkeeper, Lord, in your house, the lowest place in the house of God than the highest place in the house of Bel. For the Lord God is a sun and a shield. The Lord will give grace and glory, and no good thing will he withhold from them that walk uprightly. Isn't that a beautiful promise? I love that promise. No good thing will he withhold from those who walk uprightly. O Lord of hosts, blessed or happy is the man that trusts in thee. So happiness to the man whose strength is in the Lord Happiness to the man whose trust is in the Lord. Psalm 85. Lord, you have been favorable unto the land. You have brought back the captivity of Jacob. You have forgiven the iniquity of your people. You have covered all of their sins. So the declaration of God, the favor of God to the land and to the people, bringing them back from captivity. And then the goodness of God in the forgiveness of their sins. Thou hast taken away all thy wrath. You have turned yourself from the fierceness of your anger. Turn us, O God, of our salvation, and cause your anger toward us to cease. And now he is speaking unto God, Will you always be angry with us forever? Will you draw out your anger to all generations? Will you not revive us again that your people may rejoice in thee? Show us thy mercy, O Lord, and grant us thy salvation. I will hear what the Lord will speak, for he will speak peace unto his people and to his saints, but let them not turn again to folly. Surely his salvation is near them that fear him, that glory may dwell in our land. Mercy and truth are met together. Righteousness and peace have kissed each other. Truth shall spring out of the earth, and righteousness shall look down from heaven. Yea, the Lord shall give that which is good, and our land shall yield her increase. Righteousness shall go before him, and shall set us up in the way of his steps. So the psalm begins with a declaration that God has brought us back. But yet there hasn't been a full spiritual restoration. It would seem that God isn't really moving yet among his people. So the prayer, Lord, are you going to be angry forever throughout all generations? Won't you return, you know, your revive us again. And, and that we might have again the rejoicing of the Lord within our hearts. Let us experience, Lord, your mercies. And then he makes in the end of the psalm, the affirmation of his faith in the faithfulness of God. Surely God's salvation is near, and mercy and truth have met, and righteousness and peace have kissed, for God will give that which is good, and the land will yield her increase. 
Psalm 86, we have another Psalm of David. David says, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that is trusting in you. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto you daily. Rejoice the soul of your servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. This particular psalm is, is an interesting psalm in that practically every, every verse is taken from another psalm someplace. So actually the psalmist here, number one, David shows his excellent knowledge of all of the other psalms because he is just taking verses from so many different psalms and you can find all, practically every one of these a quotation from another psalm. So David is taking from all these psalms and just sort of putting together a psalm that he draws from all of the other psalms. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, plenteous in mercy unto all of those that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer. Attend to the voice of my supplications. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, Adonai, not Jehovah here. Neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Adonai, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great, and you do wondrous things. Thou art God alone. Teach me thy way, O Jehovah. I will walk in your truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. One of the problems I think that we all of us experience is the divided heart. Here David is praying, God, just unite my heart towards thee. We have divided heart. Part of us is towards God, and part of it is towards our flesh. And I'm divided by the desires of my flesh and my desires for God. David is saying, Lord, I don't want a divided heart. Unite my heart towards thee. I think that's an excellent prayer. I will praise thee, O Lord, my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of the violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Adonai, art a God full of compassion and gracious and long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant. Save the son of your handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which hate me may see it and be ashamed because you, Jehovah, have helped me and comforted me. Now, in verse 5, For thou, O Lord, art good and ready to forgive. So he's declaring here the nature of God in the psalm. And he declares that God is good and God is ready to forgive, that he is plenteous in mercy. In verse 10, 
he declares, for thou art great and you do wondrous things. You are the only God. So verse 15, but thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion, gracious, long-suffering, plenteous in mercy and truth. So it's interesting, verses 5, 10, and 15, he declares the character of God, aspects of God's character. And so to catch, it's woven through, but then he declares the character of God, and then he responds to it with his request. Lord, you are merciful. Oh, God, have mercy on me. You know, and uh, Lord, you do wonderful things. You only are God. Therefore, teach me your ways. Lord, you're a God full of compassion. You're gracious. You're long-suffering. You have plenty in mercy and truth. Oh, God, turn to me and have mercy upon me. And, and let me experience your grace, a token for good and so forth. So the character of God and then my response to the character of God. Now, when I come to God, it is important that I understand the character of God. If I do not know that God is merciful, then it's difficult for me to ask for mercy. If I do not realize that God is gracious, then it's difficult for me to ask for grace. But knowing the character of God gives me then the confidence in coming to God. It helps me when I come to God to understand the nature of God. Now, we so often have misunderstood the nature of God. Thou art a God of wrath and vengeance. Thou art a God of justice. You know, and, and we, we look at the one aspect of God's nature, but that's to those that hate him. That's to those that are opposed to him. But to those that love him, to those that call upon him, he is merciful, he's long-suffering, he's gracious, he's tender, he's kind, he's good. And so, Lord, I call upon thee. Show me a token for good and all. Psalm 87, his foundation is in the holy mountains. The Lord loves the gates of Zion more than all of the dwellings of Jacob. So it's sort of a psalm which extols the city of Jerusalem, which is known as Zion also. Glorious things are spoken of thee, O city of God. I will make mention of Rahab and Babylon to them that know me. Behold, Philistia and Tyre with Ethiopia. This man was born there. Now, I don't understand that particular verse, so no comment. And of Zion it shall be said, this and that man was born in her. I guess these people were born in other cities and so forth, but of Zion it will be said, this man was born in her, and the highest himself shall establish her. The Lord shall count when he writeth up the people that this man was born there. As well as the singers, as the players on instruments shall be there, all my springs are in thee. Now, that last part is the thing that inspires me. All my springs are in thee. God, you are the source of life. All of my springs are in thee. I get and I draw my life, Lord, from thee, the source giver of life. Psalm 88 
is just a sad psalm <laughs> all the way through. There just seems to be no hope. It's just a miserable, uh, when you really are feeling lower than low, and you think there is absolutely no way out, there's no answer, this is it, this is the end, then you can read Psalm 88, and you can, you know, it'll say, well, yes, that's right, uh, man, that's, I'm there, you know. <laughs> oh, Lord God of my salvation, I have cried day and night before thee. Let my prayer come before thee. Incline thine ear unto my cry, for my soul is full of trouble, and my life draws near to the grave. I'm counted with them that go down to the pit. I'm as a man that has no strength. Free among the dead like the slain that lie in the grave, whom you remember no more, and they are cut off from your hand. You have laid me in the lowest pit, in darkness and in the deeps. Your wrath lies hard upon me, and you've afflicted me with all the waves. You have put away my acquaintance far from me. You have made me an abomination unto them. I'm shut up, and I cannot come forth. My eye mourns by reason of the affliction. Lord, I have called daily upon thee. I've stretched out my hands unto you. Will you show wonders to the dead? Shall the dead arise and praise thee? Shall your loving kindness be declared in the grave or your faithfulness in destruction? Shall your wonders be known in the dark and thy righteousness in the land of forgetfulness? But unto thee have I cried, O Lord, and in the morning shall my prayer prevent thee. Lord, why do you cast off my soul? Why do you hide your face from me? I am afflicted. I'm ready to die from my youth up. And while I suffer your terrors, I'm distracted. Your fierce wrath goes over me. Your terrors have cut me off. They came round about me daily like water. They encircled me all to, about together. Lover and friend, have you put far from me and my acquaintance into darkness? Ooh. Not even a glimmer of hope. Most of the Psalms that start out like this at the last, it says, but I know, Lord, that you will deliver your servant, you know, and, and those that call upon thee and all. And usually the last verse, even in some of these dismal Psalms, there's a little light at the end of the tunnel, but not here. This thing starts in the dark and ends in the dark. It's just he's down and he's not going to come out of it during this Psalm. It's just one of complete, it, it's a total downer. So you might just inscribe that one, the total downer. <laughs> but you come out into the next psalm and you're singing. I will sing of the mercies of the Lord forever. With my mouth will I make known thy faithfulness to all generations. For I have said, mercy shall be built up forever. Thy faithfulness shalt thou establish in the very heavens. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn unto David my servant. Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. Now, in verse 3, it, actually the, the psalm begins with the psalmist declaring, I will sing praises to the Lord, sing of his mercies. My mouth will make known his faithfulness. Now, God responds to that. And verse 3 is God's response. And God's response goes actually clear on down to verse 37. So God is speaking now. It's a prophecy as the psalmist now is speaking forth for God. I have made a covenant with my chosen. I have sworn to David my servant. 
What did he swear to David? Thy seed will I establish forever and build up thy throne to all generations. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders. And now this, the psalmist comes back. Selah ends God's voice there. God begins speaking again down a little ways further. So now the psalmist takes it up again. And the heavens shall praise thy wonders, O Lord, thy faithfulness also in the congregation of the saints. For who in heaven can be compared unto the Lord? Who among the sons of the mighty can be likened unto Jehovah? God is greatly to be feared in the assembly of the saints, or reverenced, actually, in the assembly of the saints, and to be had in reverence of all of them that are about him. I think that we can learn quite a bit from the Jewish people concerning the reverence of God. I think that there is a tendency sometimes within the church circles of really not having the proper reverential attitude towards God. Sometimes we begin to get a little flippant about God. We'll return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study, the book of Psalms, on our next broadcast. As Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible, and we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Psalms 84 through 89 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is the Word for Today. P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and keep you in the love of Jesus Christ. And may you experience God's hand upon your life as he trains, as he teaches, as he develops his work of love and grace within your life, as he prepares you for the future and for those things that he wants you to possess of his grace and of his glory. May the Lord strengthen you and cause your life to be a witness for him. In Jesus' name. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. Have you ever had a friend who's not a believer and they ask you a question about the Bible and you're thrilled? Finally, they want to know about God, but then you go blank because you can't remember the scripture that would answer their very question? You're not alone. It happens to me all the time, and I think if only I had a quick scripture reference that would help me right then and there, that would be perfect. 
Well, guess what I found? Pastor Chuck's Old and New Testament study guides are available to download as ebooks instantly to your phone or mobile device. Now, whenever you need to find the meaning to a scripture reference quickly, you can. Pastor Chuck has written great little Bible commentaries to help anyone come to a better understanding of God's Word. To find out more and to read a book preview, visit thewordfortoday.org and click on the link to download the Old and New Testament study guides by Chuck Smith. Or if you would like to order these books in print, call The Word for Today at 800 272 